Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. No better way to start this best of than myself and Jen Piacenti on Waiver Wire discussing Patrick Mahomes back in the AFC Championship game yet again after his victory over the Buffalo Bills and what we expect from him versus the Baltimore Ravens. It's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes who has been in this game every single year of his career. I mean, we are right now in the midst of greatness, and I think we have to all realize that like we're seeing like, you know, the Tom Brady 2.0. I'm not trying to say he's going to win the amount of Super Bowls, but the fact that he's consistently there is crazy. And Lamar is a guy that's not been there. In fact, he's not finished the last couple seasons, and people started to doubt him. Obviously, this year he rebounded quite spectacularly, but uh, I think it'll be a, a defensive game. Um, you know, we'll get into some player props and stuff later, but I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. But I, right now, I got to be honest, like I'm, I'm probably leaning KC in this game with the points just because, you know, the offense, we, we, we poo-pooed them all year long because the the receivers were terrible. Luckily, Rasheed Rice has kind of turned it on. Travis Kelsey finally looked like Kelsey again. Um, and to me, the biggest thing has been Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco, a guy they took in the last round, has been a substantial addition, a great running back with this team. And this this team that used to be like Mahomes throwing deep Tyreek Hill and Kelsey was uncoverable um, and all this great motion, all the, uh, the, the trickery from Andy Reid and his great mind is now a team that has a stack defense with a good ground game. It's not the Chiefs that we're used to from the last couple of years. And uh, I think we were kind of getting on them for not helping Patrick Mahomes, but they kind of helped him in a different way. So yeah. um, this team kind they of got him a defense. they got him a defense and the NFL is it's crazy how much the NFL truly changes week to week, let alone looking at like month like spans and how this team looked so bad midseason to what they are now. And again, not take away from what the Ravens did, but uh, I think getting over that hump winning on the road in Buffalo, um, they took the bill's best shot and they, they, they still won that game. So uh, I, right now I, I, uh, you know, unfortunately for those who hate seeing Taylor Swift and the like, I, I do think that KC may win this game. I think they may. Well, I mean, I think it's a total draw to me. I mean, like literally I think, and I, I don't think, I mean, if you're there, you're giving me points for the Chiefs. I don't see how you don't take that. I would love to believe that the Ravens are so good, good, but we have to remember that the Ravens were playing the Texans and we were all drunk high on the Texans, <laughs> but we also knew, you know, it, they were lucky. They were playing with free money, which is why I thought they could stay within the spread. And then it looked like they could at halftime, but we didn't really think they would win. Right. You know, like we didn't, but, but with the Chiefs, like the, these teams should be like 
it should be a flip uh, pick them it should be yeah. a coin flip and we're getting points so yeah. i know the stadium is loud and it's not arrowhead but it, patrick mahomes just proved that it didn't make a difference last week in orchard park yeah, so. I, I mean, he he needed to prove everyone that he finally could go on the road and win a game. He's gonna have to do it again this week. Uh, I, is it is it truly is it the first? No, it's not the first. It's been a while since the the Ravens have hosted a game. But I mean, it's it's you know, um, look, the Ravens are in the one seed. They had a great season, but I don't think th- this is a, clearly a match that they don't want. I mean, I think they would have much rather played the Bills in this one just because the Bills have a lot of flaws, oh, yeah. and not that the Chiefs don't. But oh, yeah. the last thing you want is Patrick Mahomes as the opposing quarterback, and I, I just think. Like you mentioned before, Jen, he looked like the Mahomes of old. He was kind of just, you know, freelancing plays, extending plays, and he was doing what it t- takes to win. And they never had a defense. They never had a ground game, and they do. So it, there's going to be more ways to beat you now, and that's what makes them scary and why I think the Ravens have a real test in their hands. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's unfortunate if you're a, a Baltimore fan here, but it, it's the the Chiefs are getting hot at the right time, and teams that get hot yeah. this late um, you usually want to ride that. Yeah. Promising for the Texans, but congratulations to the Ravens. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, myself and Toby Mergler on Trendy discussed the best way to build a roster in the NFL if you don't land that generational quarterback talent. So do you build a roster like the Lions or the 49ers do? Yeah, I think it's important to remember, and Sheck always says this, they only give out the one Lombardi, right? So like each franchise in a vacuum, absent their talent, absent their abilities, absent their access to capital and the desirability of their market and everything else, you're looking at an expected Super Bowl once every 32 years. Mm -hmm. So then you have to look at like, how am I going to outperform that in a vacuum by removing the vacuum and say, this is how I'm going to, you know, kind of strip way past that and win three in 10 years or whatever it might be. I mean, wherever the Chiefs and the Patriots and other budding dynasties can end up. But I think it's all like quarterback gets all the attention. We have a platform. It's going to naturally be something for us to talk about because people want us to talk about it. But I think in some ways, Eddie, it's almost just a binary question. Can the guy who's currently your signal caller, has he proven that he can be one of the primary reasons you win the title? Like if you have a guy where he's the sole reason you win the title, like Mahomes, or not sole reason, but pretty close, like Godspeed, like you've hit the lottery, like, you know, count your championships. But once you get a guy who's over this line, then it becomes about roster construction around him and like, you know, the right contracts and things like that. Anybody who's under that line, the worst thing you can do is treat him like he's over that line and never evaluate your team appropriately. And so, like, I look at Dak Prescott and I can say I can see Dak Prescott being, you know, uh, one of the primary reasons the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. I honestly feel that way about Josh Allen. I don't feel that way about Kirk Cousins. Like, there's a line. I don't know if it's the Kirk Cousins line or wherever it is that you're on the other side of it. I think it takes probably, I don't know, I don't know the exact number. Maybe a, a data nerd out there can dig into it a little bit more for us. But like, say 50 games to evaluate this one binary question because like Gino Smith looked incredible last year. Then he came back down to earth a little bit. Like we've seen Matt Ryan have an MVP level season. Like we've had seen guys that did it over one. But if you built your team around Gino Smith and gave him a big contract, you're probably locking yourself into you know non-divisional round appearances for a long time. So I think that's the actual way to evaluate the position. If the question is, can this quarterback actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Kirk Cousins is a great one to bring up. I, I do feel like, personally, I think Kirk could win one if he was on a team. Like, obviously, we put him on the Niners right now. We'd feel a lot better about the Niners. That makes sense. Well, I think not, the decision should be not perfect. To cut you off, Eddie. Not to cut you off, but that's the point. You're yeah. trying to find ways to win around him. You're yeah. not winning through him. Yeah. And if you're trying to find ways to win around him, he's on the wrong side of the binary line. 
That's right. Uh, I, I think we will be introduced to a very interesting case study uh, this upcoming offseason with Justin Fields, because now we're going to see a team and I'm assuming that the bears are going to give up on him. And then that's their way of saying like, we don't think he could be the guy, but then you have other people around the league saying like, you can get a first round pick from him. So let's just say he ends up in, in Atlanta, uh, winnable division. Uh, they drafted B. John Robinson. They have him behind. They have Kyle Pitts, who was supposed to be an all world tight end coming out of Florida. And then you have Drake London, uh, you know, Cordell Patterson, a bunch of guys on offense that could help him out a lot better of a situation than he's been in, uh, in Chicago with constant regime changes and front office changes and not a lot of talent around him. I know they did get DJ Moore. If he goes to to Atlanta and they win 10, 11 games and they win the division, Justin Fields looks like the guy. And I think he is capable of that. Obviously, what he could do with his legs helps him. Then it's just like we really don't have any idea about quarterbacks and 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 neither do teams. Like it's it's really a crapshoot again, like what you see on Twitter and what we're saying on these platforms is the same exact thing that the bears are doing. Like, yeah, we don't think he could do it. And it's instead of like looking inward and saying, how can we help build around him and fix this team, put a better coach, um, you know, next to him or give him at least an offensive coordinator that could work with him instead of hiring a defensive minded coach, which I find bizarre. Um, and then he goes somewhere else and then he burns you. And then you're now going to be back in this crapshoot again of like, do I take, we take Caleb Williams? Like, all right, well, Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. It was great, but USC struggled this year and he fell out of the Heisman race and he was like a huge favorite to win it. And it just yeah. shows that like, again, this is such a tough decision to make. And it's such a tough thing where we never know when the right quarterback is going to land in your spot. And we saw it last year where it was not the first overall pick. So I would be really spooked to take a quarterback in these drafts. I don't care if Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer are like, you know, some of the best prospects, you just never know. And I, I think if you see a sure thing in the NFL, I'm more inclined to stay with the sure thing and build around them and try to improve that guy to cross your binary line that you're talking about. It's so hard, though. I mean, Chase Young was a sure thing coming out of Ohio right. State when the Redskins drafted him, and then they give him away for basically nothing at the trade deadline. So yeah. maybe there are no such things as sure things. What you have to be very careful for if you're uh, talking ahead, like discussing this, or you're a fan of one of these teams, is don't forget how the other half lives. The Redskins have had 36 different starting quarterbacks since they last won the Super Bowl. Like, mm -hmm. you can look at the Packers and say they've had three guys. Like, we could just be the Packers. You can't. Like, it's like saying, well, we should just hire Tomlin or Belichick and have coaching stability. Like, these guys are absolute freaks. They're absolute outliers. And using them as a repeatable model is a joke. Like, most of the time, you end up with 36 quarterbacks, and you keep searching as you try to finally clear this line decade after decade after decade. Yeah. I mean, and, and now we're in this league where the AFC, you have to have the the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows. Or you're not going to stand a chance. And we have the NFC where it's like, yeah, former first overall picks bounced around and then come to our team and you'll find a way to get there. And, you know, the Jared got Baker Mayfield and and Mr. Relvin and Brock Purdy. So the league's in a very different place here, depending on what division or conference you're in. And then guys who do lead the league in touchdown passes, their jobs like see their security is up in the air with like a guy like Dak Prescott, a guy like Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl last year. They could have won the Super Bowl. The Eagles, they're right there. Now people are saying, they, you know, is he really that good? Was he propped up by the team? It just shows that, like, the NFL and the fans and the media surrounding it is very prisoner in the moment. And really the only way to cure that is to win Super Bowls and, I guess, consistently be deep into the playoffs. Because if you don't do that, you start to get questioned. And I, I think 
we're a little too reactionary. Um, I think sometimes you do get rewarded by patience, like some of these franchises have shown. But uh, again, I understand it's a business and decisions need to be made very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, the shelf life, if you're not showing any talent, you know, in a year or two, then it's like, all right, we're going to find the next guy. And that's like kind of the, the scary part of the NFL and playing the hardest position. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, Stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Kansas City Chiefs come up yet again, this time on minus three with Dave Damashek and Kevin Hench as they both talk about why we should be appreciating Andy Reid and his dominance more. I think we probably all feel the same way. We sort of take him for granted now. But, like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, 14th title game for Andy Reid? 14? Is that right? Wow. Is, is it, is it, is it, or is it, it goes third? three in a row with Philly home games too. If I, if I remember that correctly, 
So six straight at least now with the with this collection. So yeah, I mean that's the tip of the ice. Oh, and then he goes to a Super Bowl. They, yeah. So wow, it's uh, just crazy. It's up 14. there. It, it's Jeez. and and uh, and I feel like because he's coached his whole career in Belichick's shadow, like he's kind of weirdly underappreciated. And obviously, the difference for him now that he's winning Super Bowls. Um, is the difference between McNabb and Mahomes, right? I mean, that's, you know, this guy is basically getting his team to to the the semifinals almost, you know, almost every other year. And uh and and be, but beyond that, like I thought his presser after they ripped the Bills hearts out was so classy when, you know, head coaches don't want other head coaches to get fired. They offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators do want head coaches to get fired. That's good for them. But if you're a head coach, you don't want head coaches getting fired. And you certainly don't want head coaches getting fired in the midst of their success, which is something Andy Reid experienced. And so I just thought opening his press conference with how with how good Sean McDermott is, how well he's done, and basically saying that going from six and six to 11 and six, he should be getting coach of the year uh, mentions. It was just so classy. You know, it was just classy that he had all that on his mind. Um, and then, you know, I just think he's delightful in the, in the commercials. Give me those nuggies. He's very funny in those commercials. right? And so like, I don't know, like, I just, I hate the chiefs. I'm sick of them, but I love that guy. I just think, and, and he's just, there's a sweetness I think that comes through and, uh, uh, you know, a weird humility. And, uh, so yeah, Andy Reid, good guy. He stands in sharp relief. No offense to you. I mean, the the all the times are over with Belichick out there on the market. And at the time of this recording, apparently no bites. He may not get a gig. And I don't I'm not stunned by that based on what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. He's a 72 year old man. Um, and the game maybe is uh, has passed him by a little bit. It does feel that way. So maybe that's the case. But yeah, Reed stands in sharp relief, doesn't he? To, to that guy, he's a delightful guy. He's the gatekeeper to this Chiefs mini era alongside Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he's, if nothing else, inoffensive, generally speaking, is Mahomes. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who now brings along his brother, and they're delightful. And that moment of... Jason supporting his brother jumping through that window and throwing one on and then bringing a Bills fan a little girl. Did you see that picked up a, a little oh, kid to meet? It was all, Taylor it was all Swift. incredible. I mean, it's so funny, you know, this idea that like, you know, this this Taylor Swift mania is bad for business. Like it's like it's like it, it, it was all so delightful. You know, some little girl who's pretending to like football for her dad and then gets get lifted up and and pe- a peek at her real hero. Uh, you know, it's just all so great. Um, I mean, the bummer is that the Chiefs have to keep winning for for it to go on. Uh, and you I, were on them. I will say you had a better instinct for the Chiefs than me or Spaghetti did. That there was I ca- I did keep saying. What are we doing? We're talking about the Chiefs as being a non-factor here. Let's not get over our skis. But you were straight up picking them to win games. I thought that that they weren't finished or anything else. But um, yeah, now that like we talk about on tomorrow's fifteen-minute pregame show, they suddenly have this air of invincibility about them. All of a sudden, like, oh my goodness, 
We hey, still have to go through quick, the defending well, champs. Go quickly, ahead. quickly for me too. I, I did in fairness in the preseason, I did have them beating the Jags in the title game, so I wasn't okay. Okay, off you're, you're fair. With the announcement of Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton being inducted into the MLB Hall of Fame, Sarah Tiana, Dave Damashek, and special guest Paul Kohorst weighed in on this year's class and if there were any snubs. But the Baseball Hall of Fame is out now. I'll say you, Tiana. Joe Maurer's in. Adrian Beltre's in. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, all sluggers go in. Um, Todd Helton, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton? Joe Maurer. Why is Todd Helton in the, in the <laughs> Baseball Hall of Fame? And I think, you know, I was reading an article about it and I, and I don't remember where, so I should cite it, but I, I believe it was um, the athletic or maybe it was just MLB.com. But like, honestly, I think sometimes playing for Colorado can really hurt a player because they think their numbers are inflated, but his road OPS was even higher than his home OPS. And I think that speaks even greater to him being in there. Like, I think that we, we talk about analytics all the time. But having going from hitting in your park to, to in Colorado and then constantly going to another part and having to adjust is extremely difficult. Like having to navigate the wind and the air. Like if you go from Colorado to San Francisco, like that is a, quite the adjustment in air quality. So for him to have a higher OPS on the road than he did at home, which was really outstanding at home, I think it's like it's really impressive to me. And he's only the second Colorado Rocky to be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I think I it's- I get it. See, you're being a math lady though. I, I, I get the math of it. I'm and not I'm being arguing a math lady. Against I'm it. just, I'm being a, a ge- geology lady. I, I'm just saying that like air quality and weather are a factor. Like- oh, I hear you, but, but, should, but my point is Yankees this. players from the last three years get in the Hall of Fame when they're hitting it over the short porch every, you know, in, in a short field? Like, come on, you play in a little league field. That's no reason to take shots at Eddie Spaghetti. Hit it in thin air. Um, (laughs) The uh, yeah, listen, I I I agree with you. And by the way, I'm not some Hall of Fame gatekeeper. You don't agree with me. You just yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not a snob like that guy. How dare he infect our Hall of Fame? I have submitted previously, and we'll state it again here. What we need to do is move all those halls of fame where they belong up to the peak of Mount Pius. Cause some standards, it's like who yeah. baseballed good, who footballed good. And now morality is being applied. Yes. And it's uneven morality and it, mm-hmm. ske- it, and it rises and falls over the decades. And somehow it, it, the, this guy doesn't deserve it. I mean, all I, I think about this book, my, a measure that I apply very often is, what if you fell into a coma at a certain point and woke up to the new reality? What if you fell into a coma in November of 1979 and you woke up right now? First of all, people would you could t- listen to Sarah Tiana and you'd be like, okay, whoa, 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 slow down. What the hell is OPS? What, what, what does that mean? Okay, that's fine. I don't care about that. But beyond that, like, hey, here's the news, Mook. You just woke up from your coma. Bad news. I know you liked uh, baseball. Uh, way back when, but Dave Parker, Steve Garvey, and Ken Griffey Jr. are not in the Hall of Fame. None of them made the Hall of Fame. Like, what the hell? Wait, 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 what's <laughs> but, but Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame? What are we doing? Who I mean, like, Barry Bonds isn't in there. Roger Clemens That's isn't it. in there. T. Rose isn't in there. But all the yeah. bums I just I don't care if Todd Helton or Joe Maurer's in the Hall of Fame, so long as the as the actual icons that I named are also in that hall of it. What are we doing, Mook? Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. It's a broken institution, period. 
That's yes. a Giants fan. I agree. I agree. I mean, I also think that Andy Pettit should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, speaking of your Yankees, Eddie Spaghetti, because I he took HGH, which is different than a steroid. HGH just helps you repair and recover faster. It, it, like you already have HGH in your body. You don't have, you know, it's everybody has HGH in their body. So when you inject it into your body, you just faster become the person that you already are as you know, it helps you in recovery from injury. It's not turning you into something that you're not. So I, th- I think Andy Pettit should be in the hall. I, I have, I have lots of thoughts on steroids okay. anyway. You want to you you live up on Mount Pius and be perfect and look down at, uh, at mm-hmm. we mere humans. Uh, go ahead then. That's what the Hall of well, Fame are now listen, dedicated to. Andrew Jones is not in there. And, and I, and I, you know, I love him. I want him. And like my friend, Jessica Michelle Singleton said, his big booty to get in there. And we want that bus to have, you know, want, we want the trailer included in the bus. So I, I think, I think Andrew Jones should be, I, I, you know, but usually the hall of fame is not a defensive a, a de- achievement. It's, it's all about offense and home runs. Whereas to me, he's one of maybe the greatest center fielder of all time. Like, I think that his, you know, he, he was tied for third for 10 years in a row for the, you know, the top three F war and, you know, wins above replacement in case you need that analytic. Well, the NHL all-star break just around the corner, myself and Toby Mergler on Trendy give out some of the best futures bets you can place in hockey. And I noticed you didn't give out a Stanley Cup winner. I know you're a bit of a superstitious guy, but you gave them out to win the uh, division. You gave out the Eastern Conference to win the Cup. So I will tell everybody at home, you don't have to say a word, that the Rangers are plus 750 to win the Stanley Cup. And I think there is somebody making a date to fly back for a ticker tape parade come June. I'll, I'll meet you halfway, Toby. If looking at the odds right now on Caesars, you mentioned the Rangers odds, the Avs plus 750, the Bruins plus 800, Oilers plus 850, and then the Knights, the Canes, the Panthers, they're at 10 to 1. I would say just stick with those teams. I think your winner is going to come from that group, that chunk right there. I would almost even eliminate the Panthers. So just from the Hurricanes on up to the Avalanche and the Rangers at plus 750, those are probably the teams to focus on um, to win the cup there. I know it's pretty crazy too because the Vancouver Canucks are not even in that. And that's the team right now leading the NHL in points. So Vegas is saying that they think that Vancouver is kind of a paper tiger, uh, a better regular season team. Those odds are 20 to 1. I mean, if you really want to just buy into the present the potential president's cup winner, the t- potential points leader. Um, you know, like that's not a bad bet at all, but if, if it was up to me without breaking my superstitions, I would say that those group of teams probably had the best shot uh, at winning the cup or hoisting Lord Stanley in a, in a few months. Well, last question for you, Eddie, uh, what is the best time to get in these bets in terms of value? Is it now? Do you need to see a few more weeks? Do you need to get to the all-star game? Is yeah. it like you need to see what the draws are in the playoffs? Cause the odds won't change that much, but that'll give you some matchup equity that you can analyze a little bit better. Like when, when do you think is the optimal time to get in your tickets? I think if you really want to put in some smart bets and obviously, you know, you, you may lose on the the better odds, but I, I just think hockey is such a tough sport where chemistry matters. We've seen a number of coaching changes already. We've seen, you know, there's going to be player movement upcoming. I think definitely wait to the all-star break. And I just think it's one of those things where you start to see teams like uh, how they deal with injuries, how they move around their lines. 
And it's, you know, I just mentioned the Rangers stuff before there. I mean, a ton of players in the Rangers, some of their best players were missing a chunk of time. So like, you don't know how teams could respond to that. Whereas I, I would feel better about it. Once you see the all-star game come and go, then you have a better sense of like, which teams are for real, which teams kind of fade away. You know, I think like the, the Flyers, for example, are a team that may fade away. The reason why I'm picking the Bruins to have more points than the Canucks, I think they're just a better team, which is why Vegas kind of agrees with me, why the Canucks, the odds win the cup are so low. So uh, I think for smart bets, I would probably hold off until the post uh, of the all-star break because you're getting enough of a chunk of the season to kind of really understand how these teams are going to operate. And let's stop down for a quick break here. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. There's been a lot of complaining about NFL officiating this season, so Matt Verderam joined Dave Damashek on Minus 3 to discuss which rule changes the NFL may consider next season. What rules might change between now and the start of next season? Well, you know, so it's it's not even so much a weekly column as much as I've, I have done a lot of pieces to share on the officiating because I feel like it's warranted that. I've talked to It Dean feels Dunn. like you're updating it every week, though, but okay, go yeah, ahead. I, pretty, I also feel like I'm updating it every week, but yeah, it's... um. No, thank you. Yeah, I talked to Dean Blandino and I talked to some league sources and basically I asked him, like, look, what what is most frustrating to you uh, in talking to coordinators, stuff like that, GMs? What is most frustrating to you about the officiating? And I was just told repeatedly, it is the consistency. They do not have any consistency, play to play, drive to drive game. To That's game. what I say all the time. It's the lack of consistency. Yes, everybody always goes. The excuse that people always make for the referees is, well, they make that call 100% of the time. No, that's exactly the problem. They don't make any call 100% of the time. Of so, course, they miss it all the time. Talking to Blandino and talking to league sources, my understanding is that the Head of officiating, the kind of the overseer of officiating the NFL, that job is going to change hands this offseason. So yeah. where where it goes is unclear right now, but that's going to change. I think there's also conversations about does there need to be more training? Does there need to be uh, more emphasis put on this? Most people seem to think um, I shouldn't say most, but I feel like it's pretty split on like whether or not the officials need to be full time 
I think people in the league will tell you, like, like coaches and, and GMs, yeah. And then on the officiating side, it's more like, well, maybe not full time, but maybe they need to be uh, given a little bit more hands-on uh, work throughout the offseason. But, you know, there's a CBA for the officials, too. And the officials are not even allowed to be spoken to until the middle of May after the Super Bowl ends. And if they are spoken to, it has to be some collectively bargained thing where they're paid for it. So I think there's just talk about that. But right now, I think the main thing is in this offseason is going to be, you know, the tush push thing. That'll always be revisited. Um, you know, the sky judge is something that a lot of people in the NFL want, but the league has not gone to yet. We'll see if that gets revisited. Uh, the touchback rule, which came into play last night, God knows that'll be revisited. It is every year. Um, I think those are the the big uh the big ones. Dave's big one is every year that no, nobody has a good answer for is it doesn't solve the things people complain about is, but in a league that is predisposed to favoring offense, it's weird that holding offensive holding is still 10 yards. It's the only, I guess there's like one or two other 10 yard penalties available, but rarely get called. Why is it 10 yards? Shouldn't it just be a five yard thing? It's so damning to your drive when you have to move back 10 yards and everything else. Um, I would, I would modify that. I'd make it a five yard penalty like any other, um, you know, rando offensive penalty is it's not a personal file. The NFL won't make officials full time. They don't want to pay benefits. <laughs> so you're talking about like, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. I, I will say though, and I, and, and talking to people around the league, I think there is a consensus on this. It's got to get better. You've got too many people gambling. You've got too much money invested you know, from the average fan now, it's got to get better. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. And that's the one thing I think people have to understand. Look, they're still humans. Okay. But like it, it, this year in particular has gotten, I never wrote about the officials for a year. I probably wrote six pieces on it. I mean, it's gotten to a juncture where it's like, come on, man. I mean, you got to, you got to do something. I mean, you can't, you can't watch these games. It's a blown call after blown call. Thank God, at least in the Kansas City Buffalo game last night, there wasn't a blown call that cost somebody the game. It's true. And to round out this best, uh, Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels on Lemon Pepper Parlay take issue with the tush push and talk about how it's always been around and why we may see it go the way of the Wildcat. People have been doing the quarterback sneak since the beginning of football. And because the Eagles decided that they want to put two running backs behind the quarterback and have them push, now because of that, the Packers did not get that first down because no one can see where the ball is because there's freaking Aaron Jones and the other back on the other side are blocking the ball. Like, you don't like legit, like they would have gotten that first down. And if if they had just ran their standard quarterback sneak, we saw Buffalo do it a few times uh, during the uh, uh, Kansas City game, which, you know what? Kudos to you, Buffalo. Thank you very much for remembering that since literally the start of football, Super Bowl one, they were doing quarterback sneaks. And it's like all of a sudden now we got to have this rugby scrum. And because of that, they didn't get that first down. Now, was it a bad spot? Probably. But you know what you couldn't see on replay? The ball. So you're 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 leaving it up to the official. Like, I can't tell you how many times we see Tom Brady just get a first down automatically. He was one of the best quarterback sneakers of oh all time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did, is like, did he need help? No, like even Drew Brees with a mechanically uh, repaired shoulder would just go, put the ball across the line, scream across the first down, and then go down. Boom, first down. Why? Why do we have to do all this extra push stuff? Because Jalen Hurts squats 800 pounds, and Jason Kelsey is a small center with great drive. 
Like, just run ragged. Like, and you know what the other thing about the uh, the tush push booty scooty uh, brotherly shove that drives me insane is that all season I watched almost I watched almost every snap of damn near every game this season. There's only been one team to run something that countered it. Like every like, there's only one time where you see somebody do something besides just run straight through, like, and I, I, they handed it off to one of the running backs coming around the side. But like, if you had ran it instead of running like that and had Jordan Love take one step forward and then turn around and hand it to Aaron Jones, they might have scored a damn touchdown on a play because there's nine guys on the ground on the defense. Like it, 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 it is so unimaginative and it's just the definition and the worst case scenario of copycat league that you'll ever see, but that's what cost them the game. You know, you were talking about missed the field goal. They did miss a field goal, but so did San Francisco. But like, if you either get three points on that possession or continue that drive right there, they had three drives in the red zone to start the game and came away with six points. You come away with 21 points that's a lot different yeah 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 you're right about this is the worst uh example of copycat lead it kind of reminds me of everybody remember when everybody started doing the wildcat <laughs> yeah like just, just because it works yeah. over there doesn't mean you gotta now start to try it you know what i'm saying like yeah. just, oh you know uh, like like it's just it, it, it drives me nuts it, it drives me nuts i don't i don't understand it and it's just like, oh, they got a cool, they got a, it's like looking at the neighbor's car and being like, oh, maybe I should get that car. And then you realize, no, that car is really freaking expensive. And now I can't pay the note every month.